You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And we're a VHS podcast that looks at the box art trailers and behind the scenes. And this is the last of Noirch. It is. The last Noirch, and it's probably the most noir movie <laughs> that we've looked at, even though it's a spoof. <laughs> it's a spoof and an homage. What is it? It is Dead Man Don't Wear Plaid. Steve Martin, the funniest comedian who ever lived, is Rigby Reardon in Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. Woof. No criminal is too tough for him. No pain is too great. No joke too disgusting. When Steve Martin finds out why, dead man don't wear blood. Rated PG. I'll buy two tickets. Starts Friday at a theater near you. Well, that trailer kind of, uh, kind of just tells you everything about the movie. It does, yeah. It's a, it's it's as much of a of a thing as the movie is too, because it's you know Steve Martin narrating it, and uh, you know it, it it fits the vibe of the movie. It's its own thing. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a Steve Martin driven vehicle. Like, yes. it's it's all Steve Martin most of the time. It's like predicated on you have to like Steve Martin's comedy because this is a Steve Martin vehicle. Yes, where he's always doing the over the top voice. Yeah. I, but I think Steve Martin's funny, so this, you know, mostly works on me. Yeah, I, no, I, I do like him uh, quite a bit, honestly. Uh, I don't know if I'm fully on board with this film. Uh, at first, I was. Uh, and, and I knew nothing about this film. Uh, I didn't watch the trailer to it. I just popped this thing in when I was sick one day on the couch on a Friday night or something. And... When the first uh, old movie comes up in his office, I sat there and I go, what, what, what is happening here? I was so confused because I was like, this isn't the same movie. So <laughs> when that happened, I picked up on it on the second clip and I go, oh, I see what we're doing. Because I didn't even read the back of this VHS. I mean, that's kind of a fun way to jump into it, uh, than, than to not know and to sort of be surprised by it. But yeah, for the listeners who have no idea what this movie is, which I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't know what this movie is, it's uh, it's basically like if you've seen Kung Pao or What's Up, Tiger Lily, like Steve Martin has edited, or Carl Reiner, who directed the movie, has edited Steve Martin into several 40s noir movies. And like, so he will be asking a question that, Humphrey Bogart will be responding to type thing like and they, they cut all these different noir movies uh, from the 40s in and wrap a story with Steve Martin kind of around it yeah that's part of what I'm really into with this because I thought it was so creative uh, when this came out because this came out around the same time I came out it was May 21st 1982 so nine days later little Stevie was born <laughs> so this is you guys are like uh, connected you in this movie in, in some ways yes this, <laughs> this is one of the movies that were out in the theater when I was born I always find that fascinating to find those movies yeah or at least the same month right it's like what, cool. what came out that same time 
So, I have to I have to look at what came out in December of '89. <laughs> you know who I looked up a lot in this is like the number two star Rachel Ward. Yes, because I really don't know much about her. I believe she was a TV star at one point, right? Yeah, I looked her up too because I didn't recognize her at all, and she kind of like she carries the movie with Steve Martin, uh, and I didn't like I didn't know who she was, and I was like, who is this woman that is like? killing it in this movie yeah um, she's married to brian brown the australian actor oh, okay. from one of your favorite movies cocktail yeah yeah everybody that's listening that kind of knows our shtick just groaned out loud when yeah. i said that <laughs> we just lost half of our listeners they're like next podcast <laughs> <laughs> they're like oh god matt's an idiot <laughs> but it was a lot of fun when we watched on a trash movie night it, it, yeah and i still stand by that movie i fucking love that movie it's great <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, and Rachel Ward, I, I looked her up too because I thought she was so, so attractive in this movie. Yeah, she is. She's a uh, fine looking Dane. Uh huh. Is it Dane or Dame? Dame. It's Dame. Okay. She's, well, she's a fine looking Dame. As yeah. As it used to say. Yeah, she, she is a fox in this yeah. movie. And wearing the shoulder pads well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was working on me. <laughs> I was like, damn, she looks like a linebacker. <laughs> Uh yeah, um, should we should we talk about this box? Uh, or do well, you got some I more mean, deets? I, just a few more details because it was directed by Carl Reiner, who used Steve Martin a lot. They did what four or five different films. I I don't know. <laughs> Research is for losers. Yeah, I don't know. No, I feel like I've seen some Carl Reiner movies, but I couldn't tell you what they are. Oh, you've seen The Jerk? Yeah. I mean, he did, um, of course, you know who he is. Yeah, I know right? who he is. Um, let's see, yeah, The Jerk, which was t- three years before this. The Man with Two Brains, Another, which was the year yeah. after. So Steve Martin and him were just, like, partying. Um, he did Summer Rental. That's one I'm sure a lot of our uh, listeners have seen if they were born in the 80s. One of my favorites, Summer School, with yeah. Mark Harmon. I fucking love that movie. So, I mean, he does some screenwriting. He does directing. He's in the, um, oh, wow, the Ocean's 11, 12, and 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the old guy who's always acting like someone. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a funny guy. Uh, I don't know if his comedies are for everyone, and I believe they're very dated. Yes. That's the, that's the first thing I have about this movie is how kind of dated it is <laughs> yeah well they made this for nine million dollars and it did it did double its uh budget i'd even bet though for i i, I wouldn't know but uh 18 million i bet this still really wasn't much of a hit, hit oh though. no I, it I, probably made its money back and everybody was fine and happy with it but the fact that like i had never seen it before and this is kind of like the shit that i would have watched as a kid is i think is kind of telling that this movie kind of disappeared a little bit no george gype steve martin and carl reiner were actually together at a lunch or dinner or something like that and they were discussing comedies uh and then one sketch that steve martin was you know just throwing out there carl reiner jumped on because he's like oh let's put a clip of an old movie from it and that's how this entire movie birthed is they're like, hey, that would be great. Let's turn this sketch into an entire movie. And that I'll come back to that because uh, that's exactly what I felt was wrong with this. I was like, this is a sketch that goes on too far. Yeah. And not that I dislike the movie hardcore, 
I just don't think it works anymore. It might have at the time because it was so new. So I I don't know, but we can figure that yeah, we'll, out. Yeah, we'll we'll get into, into that when we get into the movie because I have some thoughts on it too. Yeah, uh, go ahead, hit us with the box art. So if you take a look at the front, Steve Martin's top build above every everything else, and then it's just an image of him in a spotlight, but his uh, his plaid shadow has his hands up, but he's pointing a gun at us, and he's in black and white. And it just it says a Carl Reiner film, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, filmed in Detecto Vision. And it's a uh, video cassette from MCA. So this is an original oldie moldy. Uh, it's got some video store stickers on it, too, still. <laughs> yeah, it's been quite a bit. This looks like a movie that your um, grandparents would rent for you to watch with them because it's safe. Yeah. Uh, but then you'd get to it and like with how sexual and stuff it yes, is, you'd be yeah. very uncomfortable with your grandparents and they probably wouldn't even be paying attention to the movie anymore at that point. <laughs> yeah. They would just be happy that you're quiet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, flipping it over to the back, uh, black and white, 91 minutes, PG, as the private eye of private eyes, Steve Martin is Rigby Reardon. He's tough, rough, and ready to take on anything when Juliet Forrest, Rachel Ward, appears on the scene with the case. Her father, a noted scientist, philanthropist, and cheesemaker, has died mysteriously. Reardon immediately smells a rat and follows a complex maze of clues that lead to the Carlotta Liss. With a little help from his friends, Alan Ladd, Barbara Stanwyck, Ray Milland, Burt Lancaster, Humphrey Bogart, Charles Lawton, etc., Reardon gets his man. An exciting, action, fun, packed film the way the 40s films used to be. <laughs> Oh, man, this is so 1940s. They did a good job of trying to match all the lighting and everything. Yeah, um, we, we we jump right into the movie because there's no trailers, <laughs> unfortunately. Here. Feature presentation. Yeah. So did we go this whole month without any trailers? Yes. Bummer. We, we've actually not had trailers for quite a while. Maybe like six weeks? Yeah, something Ooh. like that. I can't count, so. Uh, me neither. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so jumping into the movie here. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, one of the things I think that works best about this movie is is sort of... Not only just the matching, you know, they do a good job of lighting it like a 40s movie. At times it does. You could tell it's an 80s movie being intercut with a 40s movie because the stock is rougher Mm -hmm. of the things you're seeing uh, clips of. But, like, they do a good job of matching it. I also was going to mention that, like, I think they... As much as I actually 100% agree with you that, like, this goes on... It's a gag that goes on Mm -hmm. for too long. I think they do a good job of tying a story to the clips because... A little bit at the beginning, it seems a little haphazard. It's just like, oh, we've added this clip, this one clip in so that Steve Martin can do this bit, you know, and it, it seems like kind of tacked on. But as the story unravels and they kind of come, they unravel the mystery, you realize that like all the clips have been like thought out that they've put in there. And I was impressed by that. Um, I'd say like overall, I didn't love this movie either. I thought it was okay. But I, I was impressed with how well they were able to tie a story to the clips that they had. Yes. Well, right now, cue the Dr. Malcolm quote. Our scientists have done things which nobody's ever done before. Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. You know, they're so talented that they, all they could think about, can we do this? They never thought about, should they do this? <laughs> yeah. Like, you're going, I know you're really talented connecting these stories together and it's incredible there was a couple times where i was like that's so clever but it's too long yeah i mean i there were times where i I was 
there was just like long stretches where I wasn't like laughing, and it's a comedy, and no, like it should be engaging me the whole time. My watch. I didn't or see, the time. I, I didn't really get that this time because it 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 moves okay. You're in the story. Mm-hmm. It moves okay. I didn't have the problem of checking the time this time, but I I just felt like okay, you haven't made me like laugh in a while. Like, are we? Yeah. What are we waiting on here? And I think this probably would have been a great short. Or even like a shorter feature, like if this was like a seventy-five minute movie instead of a ninety-one minute movie, but or if it had been like a short film on Saturday Night Live for like six straight weeks, yeah, where they connect, yeah, 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 like a serial, yeah, is that what they call yeah. it? Yeah, that would have actually been a lot better, I think. Yes, and it would have been awesome. You know what? This would be great now is like a web series. Yeah, and and like like a. Uh... Still like 60 minutes, though, total, you know, like I wouldn't go crazy with it. I wouldn't maybe go the full 90 minutes like over the course of the. But yeah, broken up in 60 minutes. That would be that would be awesome. Yeah. And you've seen this story before. Uh, It is just the most classic noir of all time. A a dame walks into his office, his smoky office. He's a drinker. She I think he's a drinker, right? I think so. Yeah. And she gives him a case and he goes after that case. And this case happens to be her father is dead. But she thinks it wasn't an accident. It was a murder. And then Steve Martin's character gets shot at. We go into this whole series of crazy events. And in the very end, it turns out that the bad guy is someone she knew the whole time. Right. So, And the father's alive. Yes. And that's about it. Spoilers. <laughs> well, we already we said that. The... This movie's been out only 37 years. <laughs> uh, yeah. And the bad guy is Carl Reiner as a Nazi, which when he was doing like his like accent was cracking me up. That yes. was cracking me up. The best part of this movie is the last 12 minutes. Yes. And it's because <laughs> it seemed like those three were drinking one night and said, how the fuck can we end this in the most over-the-top, stupid way we can? And they came up with it with the traditional, it's a Nazi. Nazis coming up with a crazy cheese mold vapor, something like that, to kill all the Americans. Yeah. And it's glorious. Yeah, Carl Reiner is so funny in this. And it leads, it the sort of the climax of it, so before we get to the conclusion, uh, the climax of it is from a Vincent Price movie. I also really like that yeah. section as well and how they've intercut it. And that's at the point when like it dawned on me that they like thought this through and it was pretty clever when oh, we got to that yeah. climax scene. It's, I mean, to go through all... I'm not going to go through all the archive footage, but do you want to really click... Can I... Let's see, we had... Um, Bergnine, Ingrid Bergman. Yeah, there, there you go. Um, Humphrey Bogart, James um, Cagney. I love James Cagney when he's like, it. <laughs> Steve Martin dresses up like uh, his mother. Yeah, and it is like the first time that he goes in drag, or second time. But Steve Martin is actually walking in heels, and even though he's walking like a man dressed up like a woman, I'm impressed. Yeah, no, he he sells it. You know, it's yeah. it's part of his shtick. You know, to do like that kind of thing, like owned being a a dude in drag. Yeah. <laughs> Joan Crawford, Betty Davis, uh, Kurt Douglas, which I always forget how good looking Kurt Douglas is. Yeah, yeah, young him. He's yeah. like a, a little stud. Uh, I'm not going to list them all. Let's see who else. Um, Vincent Price, you already said. And there's, there's, you can look them up on Wikipedia. There's a lot. 
Uh, I'm not going to list like all 20 something. <laughs> yeah, they use a bunch of different movies. Uh, some actors repeat, but the movies are different that they're pulled from. So like, I think Barbara Stanwyck is in two different movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they, they just use that. But she's the same character. Very smart. Um, yeah, the James Cagney scene was from White Heat, which is like one of my like top 25 favorite movies of all time so i was actually a little peeved that they used it i was like don't make fun of one of my favorite movies <laughs> i don't even know if they're making fun of the movie no they're they're not they're yeah. like it's just it's just an excuse to give yeah steve martin a chance to be in drag and <laughs> do his shtick and every time <laughs> one of these old movies a guy fires a gun they fire the gun so badly they're like jerking their wrist and they're like You'd have to see a movie, but they go, you know, like, bang, bang. Yeah. It's like a little kid playing, like, yeah. Cowboys and Indians and shooting with his finger. You know, it's that same thing, yeah. but they have an actual gun in their hands. <laughs> oh, it's, I, I love And, of movie. course, they, like, because it's 40s movies, they, like, fucking explode when you shoot. You know, like, it's a puff of smoke. It's like, you know. Now, during this film, halfway during the film, uh, I asked myself, why the hell is this called Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid? And then they said the line, finally. Yeah, it's like, why is this called? And they cut most of the scene to truly explain it. Did you? I, that's what I read, and I was like, oh, there was more to it. Oh wow, that's they just—I guess they didn't feel like it was needed anymore. I, I've before they explained it, I just thought it was that thing because a lot of these noir movies from the '40s have like titles that are like you know real intriguing, but they don't really like make a lot of sense type thing i'm thinking of like the big sleep or something you know where it's like they're like cool titles but they don't really mean anything (laughs) and i thought that that was what they were doing with this title well it used to be clever way back in the day to like really overthink your title and get super deep with it so when people would look at it it was to i don't know engage because you were reading it in the newspaper it's not like nowadays where we're watching it on youtube or Mm. whatever uh, and then we got to more of the much more generic at one point, especially the 80s. Yeah, where it was just, or where we're at today, where yeah. everything is just like the this, and that's what the movie yeah. is. Because they don't want to confuse, because there's so much information hitting you each day, they don't want to confuse you. Right. Do not overthink it. Uh, I really like the 80s, though, I always liked how it was splashy. 50s and 80s titles were splashy. Yeah. They're just, <laughs> you could see them in tabloid magazines. That that's what that's what uh, I mean that's that's had an influence on me because everything I try to do I try to give like kind of a lurid title because yeah. I like good titles <laughs> I like that well, yeah I know so do I like, I always think of like them from the fifties and then you go to the eighties and it's they live you know, like <laughs> everything feels like it's sh- a lot of titles in the fifties and eighties feel like it should be on a poster right and, loud yeah big. loud fantastic fonts yes uh, that was. That's why I, I mean, even when I look at this, how they did the font on the poster, I love it. I, I miss that so much. And we, we've gotten some of it back. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's more of like, you know, a small amount of films. It's, it's, it's people like me making weird shit. It's not so much like, <laughs> yeah. it's not big Hollywood titles. Big Hollywood titles are like, this is exactly what this is. <laughs> yeah, we just don't sell movies the same, so it's never going to fully return. It's all about nostalgia now when it comes to that. Yeah. But yeah. back to this film. Uh, let's, uh, here, I'm going to talk about the kind of like the scene 
where I think like, okay, you can't do that anymore. You sh- I mean, we, we're trying to slowly drift away from presenting women as objects on film. Yes. We're trying. Yes. Uh, some of us. <laughs> uh, when she passes out in his office and she wakes up and he is like just touching, you know, just like going to town on her boobs. And then she's like, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm readjusting your breast. What are you doing? Adjusting your breasts. You fainted and they shifted a lot of whack. There. Thank you. You're welcome. I was like, no, that's 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 assault, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of the a lot of the stuff, unfortunately, with Rachel Ward, uh, is uh, not great today. You know what I mean? It has aged poorly yes it has aged poorly i kind of forgive it for this movie because it is a spoof and it is sort of making fun of how well uh, women those movies were worth as much in the 40s right that's yeah. that's i guess what they're making I'm fun of kidding, a ladies. that's what they're making fun of here uh but like uh, i don't know if they're making but at the same time it was, i just think it's like one of those hey guys isn't it funny look he gets to fondle her boobies yeah and, and at the same time yeah, she's an object it's still an early 80s dude movie so yeah, yeah there's gonna be and but she, here's the thing it's not funny mm-hmm. like I, if it would somehow i i believe in someone else's hands <laughs> but <don't>, um <laughs> it could have been made funnier to me this was just steve martin and the boys sitting around going how can we get a sexual joke in here right but it's not funny i think the only thing that pays it off is at the end when she grabs his balls yeah and adjusts them that's the kind of only little bit of payoff we get but that's still not an excuse <laughs> you know no because it still doesn't that, make it okay because at that point they're into each other so yeah. it's a cute relationship gag yeah sexual relationship get you know whatever mm. at the beginning he literally just met this woman and he's assaulting her. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's terrible and we uh and she kind of gets smacked around a little bit too and it's like a little uncomfortable and it's yeah it's and it's a lot of it's played for gags and it's just like ooh that doesn't work no more like it just doesn't work anymore yeah like dame what's wrong with you <laughs> yeah and yeah. you're like, ah, oh, okay. It's, like, uh, uh, it's yeah. not funny now. Uh, I was like, maybe we should stop. We should stop being so damn liberal. We're not those kind of people that are like, yeah. How do I explain this for like new listen, newer listeners? We're not those people that are like super PC police and like need to like have everything be milk toast and like whatever it's just like no but but i want to i want to like hammer home that this movie it's not funny you know (laughs) like we're not even those people that are like if it would have been a bad guy doing that to this you know to rachel ward right when uh he meets her it's like that would make sense right right but steve martin is our hero (laughs) yeah yeah and she kind of is too she's um well I don't know. At the very end, it's definitely all him because, like, he shoots, you know, the bad guy and then he kisses her. But it is kind of like they try to get that 80s, like, um, 
equal. Yeah, it's a two-hander for a while. Yeah. It, for a little bit. And then, yeah, at the end, it's just his movie. But you're right. For a while, it is a two-hander. Yeah. They're trying. Yeah. But, but at the very end, let's let's make the audience know. This is Steve Martin. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> right. Rachel Ward, just kiss him, damn it. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, so that that definitely was a little... Because I had never seen this before. Oh, really? I never heard... No, because the two of these that I picked for Noir, I had never seen. Two I had, two I hadn't. I had never seen this movie before. Was the other I, one 8mm? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, and I had seen the two in the middle. Um, but uh, I had never seen this movie before. I knew what it... I did know what it was, though. I knew it was like the intercut footage which helped <laughs> that I know I'm going into that, what but I'd never seen it. What was your favorite, um, clip that they interjected? Uh, I, mine is going to come from how they interjected the, the, um, speech, but what was yours? I, I, I mentioned it already. I, and this was, like I said, when I realized that the movie was cleverer than I was giving a credit for was the whole Vincent Price section at the end, which yeah. led him to the Nazis. That was kind of my favorite section. Mine is the Humphrey Bogart, where he's clearly an alcoholic. And one of my favorite lines was just like, did you just wake up? And he's like, yeah, it's the middle. You know, it's like early in the morning. He goes, it's 2 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that really seemed like that conversation was straight up a, like a movie. It didn't yeah. look like they interspliced it at right. all. It went back and forth very yeah. effortlessly. Yeah, it was that was fantastic. Uh, one of the awkward ones is when he kisses... Um, was it Cary Grant that he kisses? Shit, who did he kiss? I don't know. I can't. Where he's dressed in drag. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it might be Cary Grant. I feel like it is. Because <laughs> I was just thinking, <laughs> I like it, it wasn't anything like they they were doing like gay panic or anything like that. It it was more like um, Steve Martin's face when he like his character like committed. Yeah. He's like, I gotta do this. Yeah, um, yeah. Some of that stuff, it it doesn't it doesn't work. But yeah, it's not like be that's not like being mean. It just like is awkward. Yeah, like yeah, it the was timing. Like awkward the timing yeah. of the cuts is awkward or something like that. And I think they did that on purpose because it was actually him interacting with another actor. Yeah, even though it's two different movies. Uh, but that. There was some clever gags in this. Uh, as a whole, I just, I, I, it's too long. Man, if they shorten this. Yeah, I probably would have loved it if yeah. they shortened it. Uh, but I, as it stands now, I think it's okay. I think I think I would recommend it to people, though, that are interested in this sort of thing. Like, if you hear yeah. about this and you're like, oh, I love 40s movies and I want to see Steve Martin intercut with it, you're going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. You could do a lot worse. But, uh, I, yeah, I overall just didn't love this, but I didn't hate it either. Okay, so soft recommend for you. A soft recommend. A yeah. gentle recommend. Mine is very soft, too. Uh, it, it's more like, this is an interesting film that I think most people will never watch. Right. And even after we talk about it, most people probably won't. But there are a few of you that will, and it is interesting that they did this and they pulled it off an entire film and doubled their money. Yeah, I think this works better as like a film study than uh entertainment because it's it 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 does drag on a little too long not all the gags work you know it it, it doesn't it isn't fully successful as a comedy but like as a film person watching to see how they intercut these 
uh, movies and it's you know it's before cg so it's not like steve martin is being cg'd into these movies it's, they have to cut around stuff yeah. and the way they're able to do that is pretty impressive so as a study i think people would enjoy seeing how they pulled that off you know what also impresses me is they got all these distribution production companies universal warner brothers mgm rk rko I, I don't believe they were they were probably bought up a long time before this uh paramount columbia all they got all of them to agree like yeah sure you can use their clips no problem steve martin that's right yeah, yeah. <laughs> 1982 steve martin was probably the reason why yeah, they were that's... like oh okay <laughs> yeah and maybe maybe after they knew that they weren't like it was an homage even though this is a spoof it is the kindest spoof i've ever seen yeah it's a it's not a it's it's not making fun of it's it's it loves these movies. It's laughing with yeah noir. It, films. it definitely loves noirs and is like you could tell it. Carl Reiner probably these are movies that he probably loved as a film fan, you know. So like he yeah, found a way yeah. to cut them in lovingly, as opposed to like look at how stupid this is, which would I would probably hate the movie if it went that route. Yeah, you know what surprised me was how uh, highly rated this is on Rotten Tomatoes. This uh. Sh- Shit, where is the actual Rotten Tomatoes? Twenty three critics gave it seventy eight percent. Yeah, that's you know, it's not the, it's not as many critics as today, but still, like that's pretty overwhelmingly positive for twenty three critics. So, yes, and if I had to watch this with another film back to back, which I couldn't because I was sick at the time, but I wanted to, and I couldn't find it, um, Kung Pao. Yeah, which. I've- which I, I, I know Kung Pao is definitely a different spoof. Yeah, that one is more like baby spoof. You know yeah. what I mean? Like baby jokes. But I love that movie. <laughs> but when you're sick and after you watch this one, you know, the highbrow, I wanted a lowbrow to right. match with it. And I right. could not find my Kung Pao DVD. It was oh, pissing me off. Bummer. Yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> I do. I don't care what anybody says. It's it's wonderfully stupid. Yeah, watch it stoned, people. It's amazing. <laughs> I have before, and it got me. I watched it. I watched it with Ashley, and she laughed and enjoyed it too. But like, I was on my own like little island there, yeah, just like yeah. dying. And Ashley's like, "Yeah, it's funny," but I'm like, "This is gold." <laughs> A long time ago, uh, I. <laughs> My cousin and I watched this, and we were cracking up on our own island, and I completely forgot there were, like, four other people, <laughs> and they had pretty much gotten up, went into the kitchen, <laughs> just like, and, like, nope. doing their own thing, <laughs> nope. and then halfway through this film, I go, this is amazing, and everyone's like, this movie's awful, and I was like, oh, shit. I'm sure if I watched it, I haven't watched it um, in such a long time, I'm sure sober, I'd be like, woo. Ooh, there's some things in this, but I remember loving it. Yeah, I I think it's been about five years for me, but uh, it uh, it it worked for me five years ago. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. it's dumb college humor. Absolutely, just, yeah. absolutely. Ah, oh, that's that's really all I got on it. Let's go on to the museum. Yeah. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out like Indy into the film jungle and bring something back, good or bad. Uh, since it's your last film, Matt, start us off. Um, I think I'm going to put in... There is actually a lot to like here. There's the technique. 
there's some of the characters some of the some of the scenes that are cut in uh but i think i'm gonna just go ahead and put in carl reiner as the nazi (laughs) specifically his accent he was just delivering it in such a way that everything he said made me laugh i'm going with costumes uh and i'm specifically going with rachel ward's dresses were the shoulder pads i crack up every time i think about fashion at one point said you know what's awesome making women's shoulders humongo <laughs> enormous <laughs> i just we, don't we... get it <laughs> yeah her shoulder pads are amazing in this movie but there is something about it. I found her so attractive in this movie. So, I mean, maybe I'm just into giant shoulder pads. <laughs> is it to give more of like the uh, the hips, the, uh, you know, the little bitty hips? You know, the Maybe hourglass? like the hour. Maybe that's the idea behind it. I don't know. I don't know shit about fashion. But yeah. I, I, <laughs> every time she walked, I was like, is she going to fit through that doorway? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And her hair's big, too. So yeah. I'm like. It's just big. Yeah, it's that 40s, like, just post-war, big everything. <laughs> yeah, cracked up. Uh, every time, I mean, I, there's some people I know that give a big deal to all the suits that they made for Steve Martin, but I never even noticed, because every time Rachel Ward was in the room, I was like, what is she going to wear next? <laughs> yeah, but to, yeah, jump on that. I think Steve Martin's uh, wardrobe was pretty... Uh, awesome in this too his like his uh in that one scene with where it leads to the vincent price scene his pajamas are pretty fantastic like you remember those 40s pajamas that basically look like curtains or tablecloths yeah yeah. and they're like whole outfits oh wonderful wonderful yeah it's oh man i mean can you imagine getting into an entire outfit just to sleep in? <laughs> I can't. Yeah, because I'm taking off as many things as possible yeah. if I'm getting into bed. <laughs> it's too hot in here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, okay, so do we have anything else to say about dead men don't wear plaid? If you're interested in the study of it, see it. If not, you know, you could do a lot worse, but nothing, nothing to run out and see. Okay, I got, since we, we we blew through this, and we want to get this to 45 minutes, can we talk about Captain Marvel? Yeah, we can. I've seen it. I was okay. I, I really was just like, meh. I, once again, as I do with the Marvel movies, I did not like this movie. <laughs> again, I keep seeing them all, and I keep, the, I like, from... From Avengers uh, Infinity War on, so like Ant-Man and now this one, I just haven't given a shit about any of these movies. And I keep seeing them, but like I I walked out of the theater from Captain Marvel and instantly forgot the the prior two hours of like the movie I watched. Uh, Here's one big thing that irritated me. Um, Captain Marvel basically doesn't really have a weakness. Right. It's the Superman effect. If you could do anything... What's the, the what's the threat you know like if you could do it all and she's so she starts out a fighter pilot she's tough an accident happens she turns into an alien whatever um i'm i'm fine with, i'm fine with the, the whole alien thing and everything like that but how can you relate and and i i asked a couple of the females at, at work um the ladies, I was like, am I wrong about this? And they're like, oh, the movie was okay. And I feel like that's the worst. Yeah, it, it actually felt like 
and I and I don't mean to compare because the movies should stand on their own, but like it actually felt like Marvel sat down and watched Wonder Woman and said, "How can we do it our way?" But I felt like I felt yeah. the presence of Wonder Woman on this movie, and I think Wonder Woman's a fucking great movie. Like I'll stand, I'll die on that hill. I think that's a great movie. This movie was so forgettable, and it felt like they were just ripping off notes yeah. from Wonder Woman. And I, I stayed away from all the press in Captain Marvel. I know there's some stuff with Brie Larson saying like uh, something about I don't care what white guys think or something, mm-hmm. and, and then like she said, there's too many white critics. Well, honestly, is anyone stopping anyone else from being an online critic? It's like the easiest thing to do. Well, I mean, the people in power, though, like the people, the people who have pull, like the people that are top rated on Rotten Tomatoes are all old white guys, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. But how many of those old white guys love the room that she was in? What are you just going to pick and choose when they're allowed for their opinions to count? No, no. And I don't I don't think that should be the case. I'm just saying like we we it's the same problem in the with the Academy. It's still too many old white guys. We just need to. Do we even know who votes for the Academy? I, it's it's pretty still shrouded in mystery, but yeah. apparently it's slightly more diverse than it used to be. But like, it's still a lot yeah. of old white guys. So like, I think we need to like stop gatekeeping the the critic community and let some of these you know younger, uh, different races write for entertainment weekly and variety and these places that are oh, I, yeah. you know, I just top. don't read any of it so i don't it, like i'm so far away from that yeah it's it's like, not something that i like look into either it's just like it's still there and you could yeah you could just go on rotten tomatoes and look up the top critics for everything and there are all white guys <laughs> yeah. and I, I guess i just don't understand out of all the things to go after like when you single out you know, uh, a gender or a race to build up what you want. Like you bring them down to try to raise. I don't think that ever truly works. No. And especially in today's, why don't you inspire women of color or men of color to become critics? Why do you like trash on, I, I understand that the gatekeeping, I just don't like, I kind of like the Obama approach of inspire. Yeah. I, I see what you're, I see what you're saying here. Um, and I don't act, I don't disagree, but at the same time, I also don't disagree with her saying that. And it's like, and at the, but here's, here's the problem. Here's the problem with her saying that now you like, especially in today's heated day and age, you are going to piss, you're going to alienate an audience by saying something like that now. Yeah, I guess. And that's not, so in this, in that regard, I think she fucked up if she said all this stuff because old you know old white guys that are waving the trump flag are gonna try to burn your movie to the ground then you know like and that's not smart that's not a smart way to go about it does that even work i mean well there's so there's not as many of them seeing movies period that it makes that much of a dent because look at how much money this movie made anyway i mean those people are fucking trash anyway yeah they're trolls that only see the movies that preach to their choir anyway so it doesn't Uh, matter are you saying like maybe she shouldn't feed the trolls with something like that okay all right right. yeah it's like i don't disagree with her but she shouldn't be feeding the trolls i I guess in 2019 i guess that's my other point with it too is like once you do that you kind of put a barrier between 
Well, not so much me because I saw it anyway because I just didn't care. I'm like, okay, an actor or actress says something. I, I just don't care about people's opinion as much anymore because I was like, I like difference of opinion. I just didn't understand why she was attacking critics. Out of all the stuff you could attack in the film industry, yeah, critics? Yeah. And, and then, yeah, you're feeding the trolls then at that point. you it, Just attack the trolls if that's going to be... could Cut out the middleman and just, like, attack the trolls. Because the trolls well, tried to... even that, even if you attack the trolls, you're still creating... We are still yeah, feeding them because I, I, they feed on that shit. Just don't um, talk about them. Yeah, yeah ignore them, and that's what hurts them the most. But it, it obviously didn't matter. The movie made a gajillion dollars, and people loved it, yeah. like every Marvel movie. You know? <laughs> See, that's not... That's what's funny about this is... I have now seen, and even at work, everyone was like, eh, it's okay. And then when you talk to them more, um, one specific uh, girl who's, who's, she loves, um, she even loves some of the DC films, so I question her sanity. But, um, and I'm not talking about Wonder Woman, that's fine to love because it's good. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really great movie. <laughs> um, but she was sitting there and she's like, yeah, I kind of wish Captain Marvel was more of a character and i was like as soon as someone says that and i go yeah that's the problem yeah she like if you look at it if you look at the movie on surface level brie larson just doesn't have anything to do in that movie she does like laser hands like everybody does in fucking marvel movies and she like has a couple of like uh smirky sarcastic lines that's about it she has nothing to do in that movie yeah (laughs) It's basically Samuel L. Jackson's the most interesting part of the film. It's still, it's Captain Marvel and it's still Sam Jackson's movie. You know what I mean? It's like Nick Fury, the movie, and a little bit of Captain Marvel. (laughs) Yeah, like she's (laughs) up in front and the shiniest part of this whole film in a way. But no, like, I don't think anyone's going to come away with, you know, my favorite part is when Captain Marvel did this. No, It's more like, and I've already heard so many people say this. They're like, man, Sam Jackson's really good. I was like, yeah, we already knew that. Yeah, we're like, that's already been established. Sam Jackson's a fantastic actor. (laughs) But I'm wondering if that's why they, I mean, obviously the story in the Marvel universe that they've set, we know why Nick Fury's with her. But I do wonder if they're like, you know, when all these dailies were coming through, Disney was like, we need more Sam Jackson this because she basically is just like brooding the entire time. She's got nothing to do. They have the writers have not given her anything to do. You know, the six or seven writers there are on this movie <laughs> have not given her anything to do. Yeah, but these whole characters, Superman, Captain Marvel, uh, even, you know, Captain America. I just I don't care about these super duper people that can do anything. Yeah, the people that can do anything and the only thing they ever do is the right thing. That's just so boring to me. Yeah. It's so boring. That's why Tony Stark's so good. Because he doesn't always do the right thing. Yeah. And he doesn't always, like, fix it. And he's not perfect. And he gets hurt. You know, like, that's more, it's more real. Yeah, and I just, like, Harley Quinn, uh, to go back to DC, I always find her interesting. Obviously, she's, like, a crazy pinup girl. Mm. But, like, throughout her time, she's interesting because occasionally she does something right. Right. And you're, like, that conflict of, like, wait, why are you doing that? Probably because it just, you know, personally, you know, is good for you. But I, I just like the whole thing of like, there has to be turmoil in a character. Right. And there's and none here. No. It's just like, who am I? Oh, I was this, I was this Air Force pilot. Okay. The end. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> 
there's no there's no major like I've got to I've either got to save this family or myself or you know save these my friends or the world. There's no conflict like that. Yeah, when I walked in the theater and sat down, I go, I think this movie is going to be really good. And then about 25 minutes in, I go, uh oh. Yeah, I was just like, I was more just sitting in the theater and just like so numb. You know what I mean? It was just well, like, that's what it turned shit into. Shit was just flying at me, and I was just like sitting there, like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and one of the pros I want to say about the film is like these special effects are incredible, but all the Marvel movies, the special effects are incredible. It's gotten to the point of like, what are we impressed with anymore? Yeah. In these Marvel films. Right. Like, what? Yeah. Nothing. It's like nothing is, there's no wow factor because we could just do it they, all. They were spoiled yeah. with like how wow um, it all is. And then it's also the same problem with this movie as I've complained about with the other Marvel movies before. Before the movie started, they showed the trailer for Endgame. And at the end of Endgame's trailer, Captain Marvel walks up or whatever, and like Thor's like, I like her or whatever. And I'm like, I don't even know who she is yet because I haven't seen that movie yet. And you're showing me the trailer for the next one. (laughs) Yeah, I I do want... I heard someone online, I can't remember her name, but she brought up a good point. And she's like, so all these characters have spent... A lot of them have spent like 10 years building up to the Battle of Thanos. And then Captain Marvel comes in at the last second and goes, now I'm the most powerful. Yeah. And it's like... uh, Marvel Marvel likes to tell the audience that they've had this whole thing planned out for years. They haven't. It's a game of telephone between each movie where they're like, oh, well, we have to lead to this thing for the next one or whatever. And they're like, okay. Uh, (laughs) I don't think this has, I don't think Captain Marvel coming in in the end has been part of the plan at all. Wonder Woman did really well and they're like, we got to get the girl one in here. (laughs) I think after the Avengers, they had an idea of like, they wanted to connect all these films together. Maybe they didn't know the details, but yeah, Captain Marvel feels like it's being shoved in here to like, this is a giant corporation now pretending like they're all about, you know, females rights, you know, (laughs) women's rights and everything. Right. Right. And, And it's like, yeah okay but you're still just a giant media mogul right (laughs) i mean come on and like i guess they can use their powers for good but it's still it's still not being born out of the right place i don't feel like and it's very misplaced and and even even their trepidation is obvious in the fact that like wonder woman was directed by a woman in a damn good female director as well uh and this was directed by a husband and wife duo it was like they couldn't they couldn't quite just be like all right we're gonna let a female make this feminine led yeah, it's, uh uh superhero movie they're like well we'll get a husband we'll get a guy in there just in case <laughs> and like well, i just I mean, feel like their, their trepidation I, I, on yeah, it is obvious I, I i don't know the directors on this um i don't know maybe they just always work together and that's how it is and they were like we really want you and she's like well this is a there's a partnership. I, I I don't I don't I know yeah I don't know I don't it. know the background yeah. on it, but it's just I, it's just it's I can see through Disney I, shit. I, I, I feel yeah. like I I don't really care about a lot of the stuff with. It. I just wanted to watch the movie on its own, and that's why I stayed away from all the news on it until after I got out, and then I went crazy on my phone looking. Stuff <laughs> up. I was like, oh wow, this happened because I had no idea the Brie Larson. I don't know, uh, fucking neckbeard trolls were pissed at her, and I had no idea why. I didn't care. Yeah. 
Yeah. I was like, I know she's a good actress. Samuel L. Jackson's a good actor. Boom. Let's see and, what we got. And it should be, yeah, cool Marvel movie, but instead it's just kind of a dead fish, in my opinion. It just didn't do anything for me. It did nothing. It was like two hours of like, yeah. okay, I just breathed air for two hours, and then that's it. <laughs> I'm just amazed at how many people I ask, like, oh, what'd you think of it? And they're like, oh, it was okay. I'm like, wow. <laughs> thrilling <laughs> now if you ask the same people what you think about guardians of the galaxy i did this too and they're like that movie's amazing yeah because it like, is <laughs> and then, the, there's the difference though like i feel like now when marvel movies are c's or okays it's a failure in my mind but it doesn't matter because they're gonna make so much money mm. that it's always going to be successful yeah. And we're never going to get... I, the, the only re- I love super... The, the problem with this is, like, I was a comic book nerd, and I fell in love that comic book characters became serious around... Like, I, I don't know when it was, but Spider-Man 2 is always my yeah. personal. And I go, this this is real, people. We're, we're finally getting our... our uh, we're finally getting noticed. Yeah. All these comic book nerds. And now I'm to the point where I'm like, stop it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm 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 a little bit in the same boat. I wasn't a big comic book nerd, but I was like a superhero nerd, I guess, if that makes sense. Like I didn't read the comics, but I watched like the Batman animated series. I watched the X-Men animated series. I grew up loving that stuff. I grew up playing with the toys. I, and I loved the movies that were coming out in the 90s. They were cheesy. You know, they were the spawns and the blades and things like that. I loved all those movies. Um the Dolph Lundgren Punisher, the 1990s uh, Captain America. I enjoyed those movies as a kid. I was like, these are awesome. And then, and then, yeah, it started getting serious because like Blade was kind of the first step. Then X Men was kind of the next step. And then like uh, Spider Man One was kind of the next step. And then mm-hmm. Spider Man Two was the next step. And I think the next step after that, which is still the age we're in, is the Dark Knight. Once the Dark Knight happened, that's when everything, everything changed. I think, and that's still where we're at today. And I'm burnt. I'm just it 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 like bums me out that I can't get excited for these Marvel movies. Here's another thing that it um, and maybe I'm carrying this over to like judging all the comic book movies now. Now people are only going to the theater to watch comic book movies, and they're missing out on a lot of tremendous film. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff still coming out today that you know, is getting buried. Yeah, essentially. by these other than you and i who go to a lot of films or or anyone who sees a lot of films in the theater ask them the last five movies they've seen in the theater they're what i'm finding is more and more it's like oh you know i saw captain marvel i saw aquaman (laughs) and and you're like so have you seen anything outside of this you know superhero superhero realm. realm and most haven't yeah i asked my mom too and she my mom goes to a lot of movies and she just goes to like now the high end superhero films because I mean she also goes with my brothers and they're the same way and I'm like you guys have been you're literally sucked into this tornado and when I say you should see other films they're completely blind with like yeah but we don't want to that like, I think no. the audience I think the audience is thinking and it it ties back to what you're saying by like Marvel kind of giving us it all you know like. The mainstream audience wants to see the Marvel movies because they know they're going to get dazzling special effects. They're going to get it's going to be a big production. They're going to mm-hmm. get their money. They're going to get their twelve dollars worth if they're going to the theater. Whereas 
you know, smaller movie to a mainstream audience, they're taking a chance on it. They don't know if they're going to be wowed by anything, but at least they are comfortable in like knowing. And I think it does come down to that. It comes down to comfort for the the mainstream audience. They know they're going to get it all. Yeah, Disney's too good. With that, they're gonna get they're gonna get the big marketing. They're gonna get like all the trailers are gonna be stuff that they're gonna be excited for. All the special effects in the movie are is gonna be big and loud and crazy. And yeah, they're gonna get their money's worth. Mm -hmm. Whereas a small indie, you know, you know, one character led, uh, you know, drama uh, about somebody's life, they're they're not they don't know if they're gonna like it or not. You know, at least they're gonna be at a baseline level of enjoyment for these superhero things yeah and one of the most brilliant things i heard too i asked a guy at work who has uh, a kid uh six years old something mm. like that and i asked him what was the last five and he goes and he just rattled off all disney products and i was like damn so you're in the disney you know like whirlwind too and he's like well you know my kid likes him and i was like yeah that's that's the brilliance of disney like i will give them they know what to sell the mainstream audience and they're too good at it, and other films are suffering. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do about that? I don't know. People need to not see these movies, but who, like... No one gives a shit. Who, yeah, who am I to say, like, don't go see this no, movie? No one gives a shit what you and I think. Yeah, like, it, they need to... Just two tiny opinions. Yeah, they need to not make money for them to stop, but they're going to keep making money. And yeah, and at the, at the same time, you know... Uh, for every Captain Marvel or Doctor Strange or whatever super forgettable one, you are still going to get a Guardians of the Galaxy, an Iron yeah. Man 3, uh, the first Captain America, where, like, the movies do fucking rock, you know? Like, yeah. so, it, it, you know, I don't want them to stop entirely. I just need them to slow down. <laughs> so now you've got Cocktail and Iron Man 3. Now all of our listeners are gone. <laughs> uh, let's end it with that right there. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, YouTube, and go to our Facebook. Uh, sorry we have not been as active on it, but Matt is uh, drowning in Windy City Horrorama Film Festival. And I'm so, pulling you down with me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, maybe, I mean, the next two months are going to be a little light. We're going to go maybe bi-weekly unless I find time. But, uh, yeah, I would say April and May is going to be our lightest months, and then we'll probably just return to a normal schedule. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but uh, I think uh, next week is going to be my last episode for a couple weeks. I'll miss you guys, but I, go, I need to go die in my uh, horrorama hole, so... <laughs> um, I I will I will still be bringing you content if you come to Chicago. <laughs> yes, and I, I would also love to put up more trailers and stuff on YouTube, but we've not had a trailer in such a long time; it's ridiculous. Yeah. So hopefully, if you do something while uh, I'm gone, it, it you find some trailers on whatever you watch. <laughs> I hope so. Maybe I should only pick films off trailers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That. That'll be uh, next month's journey. Movies with trailers. (laughs) All right. uh, Remember to be kind. Rewind. Hey, everybody. What's up? I'm here, too. We are the Jersey Ghouls, a horror podcast based out of the Garden State. 
Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Marissa's scholarly conversations. By the way, if you Google psycho female, you definitely don't get the name of the actress from Psycho. Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Nate's thrilling debate. Why? Why are you so resistant against it? Because don't you start. Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Jackie's love of 80s slasher movie, Topless Sea. Whoa, Jackie, this is a feminist podcast. I know. I'm a woman. And as a woman, I appreciate a nice set of jugs. Okay, but you shouldn't call them jugs. Hooters? Bazungas? Tatas? Dirty pillows? I, I like boobs, too. Can, can I call them fun bags? No! We're the Jersey Ghouls. You can find us on social media by searching Jersey Ghouls on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also find our blog and podcast on our website, jerseyghouls.com. <laughs>